everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darien. Hello and welcome. Today is December 1st and today we have Dan Dulcetti, Craig Flaherty and Reese Hutchinson coming in to talk with us about, hold on to your hats. I know everyone's been waiting for this episode. The transfer station. <laughs> what goes on AKA, inside the dump? AKA the dump. Yeah. Right? I still call it the dump. I know you wouldn't expect this topic or this subject matter to even come up in um, in Daring, Connecticut. But I got to say, this is one of the gems of our town. And we got these guys to come in here and tell us why that is and how something like this gets started. So here we go. Dan, Reese, Craig, thank you guys so much for coming today. And let's go around the table, right? Liz, yeah. you usually do this, but um, let's hear your names and your voices and give us a little background on like why you're here. Craig, you want to go first? Sure. I'm Craig Flaherty. I'm currently the chair of the Advisory Committee on Sustainability. Uh, and we've been focused on not only issues under the broader umbrella of sustainability, but energy efficiency in town. And for the entire nine years that the committee has been active, we've also focused on operations at our recycling center, affectionately called the dump. <laughs> Dan. Dan Dalsetti, and I'm also on the recycling committee, and uh, I manage the uh, swap shop, and I'm one of the original uh, founders of the uh, swap shop. And goes out saying, just, you've been in town a long time. Uh, yes. Uh, the, fa- the family's been here since 1906. I like that. That's I think cool. We're, I think we're the oldest family in town. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a story on the side. That's another podcast. Yes. Because, <laughs> Reese. Yeah. I'm Reese Hutchison. Been here for a few years as well. <laughs> known Dan my whole life. And uh, one of the co-founders of the Swap Shop. Um, many boards in town as well. I serve currently with Craig on the Sewer Commission as well. And um, the three of us, I thought, would be a good team to describe, you know, how the swap shop was founded, um, what the components were and what the goals are, and uh, some of the great outcomes from the swap shop, and then transition in more into um, how the transfer station dump works to uh, reach a higher level of conservation uh, for the town and offer a resource for everyone. Thank you. Right. So for listeners listening in here, they might think, well, this is kind of a nerdy subject in a way, but I, I, I'm going to bring this into some context and tell you guys, as Darian's booming here, I've got um, a couple, a lot of new people have moved to town, and I've had three new friends come in town in the last six months, and I've said, you know, what do you like about Darian? You know, what drew you here? And they say the typical stuff that drew them here, you know, the schools, the taxes, um, you know, the, the beauty of it. Um, and then they said, but you know, our favorite thing about Darian, three people have told me this separately, is quote unquote the dump. <laughs> I said you three got, people really said three that? people. I got you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like it. yeah, that dump you guys have is amazing. I'm like, well, our our refuse and recycling center, but <laughs> well, you know, I got Taylor and I talking, and we were thinking, I still call it the dump. <laughs> I know it's it's lovingly called the dump, and we're like, we got to bring you guys in here and talk about what goes goes on because you know sometimes there's a bad rap on social media about that, but I think that there's more to this story. There's a more complex thing. There's a bigger picture we're painting here. So, um, Dan, maybe I'll have you start this off as manager of the swap shop and one of the founders and Uri's. You know what does it what does it mean to you? Give us some examples. Tell us. Well, you know we we uh, started it, and Reese will talk about that uh, uh, because of recycling, and also dump fees. I mean, we save the town a lot of money, and Craig will talk about the amount of money. It's quite a bit of money that we save for the town, but the shop has become more than that, and uh, we were we we I I can't believe uh, you know what happened, but. Um, we are now a uh, charity for uh, many types of organizations. And to give you an example, we have one citizen in town 
who collects toys and crutches and blankets and sends them to Guatemala because a uh, crutch in Guatemala is hundreds of dollars. They just don't have all this. uh, And so she comes in once a week and she gathers uh, what's there and she, uh, uh, with her own money, sends it to Guatemala. It's a great great story. At the swap shop. At the swap shop. And then we have another uh, uh, person that comes to the swap shop and I have his uh, letter here. I told him to write me a letter because I, I love these, uh, these stories. He said, I take toys and children's books to New Covenant Center in Stanford. They provide uh, three meals a day for people who are hungry in a pantry center. Uh, the fourth Sunday of each month, 50 or more families come to the food pantry. This is where I distribute books and toys and other items from the swap shop. And... Uh, they just can't believe uh, the kinds of things that are there that they can pick up and uh, take over to their their organization. The other one is uh, we have a volunteer, and a lot of a lot of the volunteers do have their pet charities, believe it or not. So you'll see them a lot of the volunteers at the swap shop. Yeah, and and the volunteers love it because many of us volunteer there because of the charity. And uh, he takes uh, old toys and uh, bicycles that he fix, fixes up and takes them to a, a thrift shop in Bridgeport. And that thrift shop is housed in a housing complex of 17 units. And the money that they sell goods there is used to house the people, you know, the rent there, clothing and food. For uh, people who are on uh, drugs or uh, are alcoholics that are trying to do better in their lives. So there's a lot of good things that uh, the swap shop is doing. The other thing is that teachers come and they take uh, children's books for uh, children's summer, summer reading. So it's more than just recycling and uh, fees for the town. I can go on and on and on. It's just amazing what, what happens at the swap shop. Holy cow. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, so explain quickly how it works. Like for people that aren't familiar with the swap shop, you can drive in what hours, what days and drop what off? Uh, it's Monday to Friday, 830 to one. And they could come anytime there. And um, volunteers do not have hours. We come and go as we please. And there's always someone there, basically. And people will drop you know, their items off and people can come and they can take what they want. Well, it's, this, you know, this not, stories are amazing to me because I know to your point, we just started this off. This was not founded because it was meant to be a, a charity giving program. I mean, it's the beauty of our town. that's kind of turned it into something like this, which I love. But like, I mean, Reese, go to us. I mean, how does this get started? Truly? Well, it, it started. Listen, I want to shout out for uh, definitely for Doc Kelly and Susan Cameron, who put a ton of work in and did most of this. I happen to be their friend. I mean, <laughs> They're incredible. Reese, you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah, so we would have coffee, and and Doc Kelly just wouldn't let you have coffee. It had to be, let's do something good. But at the the Sugar Bowl. At the Sugar Sugar Bowl. Bowl. That's where Dan was involved. We love the Sugar Bowl. And and so Dot's like, we're going to do something. And we tried to do something else, and DOT shut us down with crosswalks. So it was like, what's next? And the swap (laughs) shop came up. And I was like, oh, but my, you know, at the time, you could uh, put bulk garbage out once a year. And the town would come to your house and collect it. And it was a free-for-all tax sale. People were driving around collecting things. Right. The town had to bring bulldozers around and, and, and lock up a lot of man's time. 
And it really didn't dawn on me that that wasn't a good idea until I had to list a house for sale and there was a pile of garbage eight feet high next to it. <laughs> and I was, I was totally on board at that point. And we need another solution. It, well, it, it did was a blight situation created around town in a traffic and safety hazard along the, some of the narrow roads. So it was a win-win. And we were able to go to Yvonne Klein at the time. She's like, I'm on board. Bob Steger, who ran uh, Public Works, was totally collaborative and trusted that we would, we would have his back. Dave Campbell put the tent up, allowed the guys to go in there and construct it. Rocky Genovese helped find a very good price. Pat Dorenzo was involved, who worked at the town. There's just like everybody who, who came across the idea really supported okay, it. But that idea, though, the, the point of it was to get rid of like stuff that was like trash, but not really trash? Well, exactly. It's, it's, it's to take what was going on on the side of the people's homes and... and formalize it in such a way that it wasn't wasn't an issue for the town and and everyone else and help save the town the money that when they scooped it up in front of the house it cost money to scoop it up and bring it to the dump and then the tipping fee it was going in the in the trash when it was perfectly usable sometimes exactly so it sort of solved both problems in a way and then susan was a genius she she was able to locate it in the right spot at the transfer station. Yeah, so which, let's make that clear to everyone. So you drive into the dump entrance on Ledge Road, right exactly. by the Public Works Department, and it's just on the right, right? Yeah. Right side. And it's your first right. And that was permissible under the permit because the clothing bins were already there. Ah. Otherwise, it would have been a, a very long permitting process to try and reorient the, the transfer station site permit from the state. Um, so that was just, just many things came together in a perfect way. And the town and everybody, Jamie Stevenson, Dave Campbell, Yvonne Klein were totally supportive. I, I like kind of taking this, you know, after 10 or 12 years now, this retrospective look and hearing from Dan where it's come to and some of the good that it does, you know, because it did start from a very nuts and bolts perspective, right? It is reuse. It's the second R in reduce, reuse, and recycle. Um, and the only reason that the town really made room for it was because it was saving the town money, right? The... The uh, when we throw garbage away up in the transfer station house in the big hopper, uh, that costs us about a hundred dollars a ton. It gets trucked to a wheel abrader facility where it's burned. Um, that's almost the most expensive thing we can get rid of at the dump. And so this takes things that deserve a second life and have the ability to provide a second life and gives it that opportunity to be reused. But but on a, again, nuts and bolts perspective. It saves us money because it's going out for free instead of going out for $100 a ton. That's why the, the, the town made room for it. And we saved all that money with all the manpower that we had with front-end loaders going around town picking up spring cleanup every year. The fact that it's also run entirely by volunteers. It That's is run point. by volunteers. People go there, clean it, organize it, manage it, move stuff out of there, and they do it for free because they like to do it, because it's a good idea, because stuff's going to a good place. Um, people have this romantic idea about the swap shop that, yes, you yes. know, their cherished object that they couldn't get rid of some other way, that they want it to go to a good place, right? And um, it might not be going to a good place to the kid down the block on the bike, but it is ending up in a good place. Sometimes it does, but it's 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 the volunteers that are really trying to find the good places for this stuff. Well, and you said something like when we first got together about like give expecting none of, that was your they theme. Give expecting nothing right, right. thereof. Yeah. It's really, instead of, you know, swap kind of implies this idea that you're getting something in return. And, you know, from the perspective of the town and, and, and the recycling center, 
the most important thing is simply that it's not being thrown away because that's saving us money. Anything that's not getting thrown away is a good thing. Right. Um, we would like to think, have people think of the swap shop as just take it or leave it, right? Give expecting nothing thereof. Give um, for good. Give for good. Yeah. Rid, go. it, rid it right. You know? Well, to your point, so when I kind of mentioned this at the beginning, and I, I think I might have said this, or I'm not sure, about like, you know, the volunteers there, there's been some social media that have gotten some bad rap. I'm just going to call that straight up, that there's the volunteers, like when you get out of the car, they come and, and um, grab stuff. And it, you guys are pitching a, a different side of this where, first of all, everyone here is volunteers, right? People are doing this on their own time, out of the good of their own heart. And Dan, you start off with these stories, these, you know, what the volunteers, why they're actually doing it. They're doing it for a greater cause. When they come to your car and grab stuff, they see it because they know it's, it's needed elsewhere. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you a perfect story. Uh, you know, Reese called me one day <laughs> and uh, he said he needed a, an old mirror. Had to be old <laughs> and dilapidated. Reese, what do you got going on here? And I just, said, just, well, you know, Reese, you have a nice house. What are you going to do with an old dilapidated mirror? He said, well, I'm going to use it in my chicken coop. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, what's in your chicken coop? He they said, well, the, ro the, the roosters like to look at themselves. <laughs> so I did get him an old mirror. So things like that, you know, the volunteers do, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of times uh, I will for the... Uh, the person in Stanford, uh, knowing that he's coming on a, a Tuesday or Thursday, I'll put stuff aside for him. Yeah. So then he comes and uh, he'll he'll pick it up. So a lot of volunteers do that. That when they when they see uh, and they know you know some of the people are coming to pick things up, we'll we'll hold it for them. I think the perception that some people have and that and, and on the negative side is the idea that oh it's the same people getting all the stuff. Yes. Right. That's the most common complaint we get it's the people that are the constant stop shoppers that are acquiring everything and you should know that a lot of those folks are just trying to get this to the right place. redistributing yeah. it yeah and look and there might be some people there and they're um, trying to have some financial gain and they're finding something and restoring it and selling it on ebay and if that's it's if, resourceful yeah you know if they have the time to do that and that's a little ex, uh, extra income for them uh, there's no problem for well, them the most important thing is that, that was ending up in in the hopper. That yeah. whatever went to the swap shop, we all want to feel like you're giving it to somebody that really needs it or will cherish it. I or mean, has we're some all, other we're use. All, we're all for like that in life. Paying but, to dispose of it. Yeah, but and the it, goal really was just to make sure it didn't go in the hopper, and every single thing at the swap shop was headed to the hopper. And it does at the end of every day, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Let's talk about that. Is the, the goal of the volunteers is to get rid of everything because we don't have any room. Sure. And, you know, if there's something really good, we'll, we'll hold it in the, uh, in the shop. But uh, we have to get rid of it. And uh, it, it, the swap shop is not a store where we can store things and wait for a customer to come in right. that wants it. We have to get rid of it. So it would that's have why to be the size I, of a Walmart, you know, yeah. you'd have to have a warehouse to yeah, hold this stuff. This is why I, I want people to come in and take as much as they can, because at the end of the day, we have to get rid of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a shame. So, uh, well, I asked you guys that too, like at the beginning, I was like, cause it's kind of confusing the swap shop between what that versus goodwill versus like a thrift store. Like, and you guys, I think are kind of doing a good job explaining through these examples that it's not like a goodwill. It's not a for-profit right? Craig, you mentioned yeah. that too. And absolutely and, not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's solely part of the resource for the town somewhere to give their, their items a second chance and not have the town have to pay for it as garbage and burn it in and Bridgeport. It. And this I mean, is the first of its kind in the state, right? Uh, yeah. We were the, the first, first ones. Yeah. 
other other municipalities around have copied it and have their own now, um, some with different names. Um, but we were a trendsetter. Well, I feel like our in general our recycling center has been a, a trend center. And it, yeah, this is. I mean, Swap Shop is awesome in and of itself. Um, but it is just one piece of the puzzle at the recycling center. I mean, um, you know, there are global, national, statewide um, issues with getting rid of trash and garbage and recycling. Yeah. Um, uh, the state of Connecticut sends most of its uh, uh, trash out of state, and any one of those states could decide that they don't want to take our trash anymore. And we Is that right? I thought we were burning all of it in Bridgeport. There's a, there are waste uh, to energy recovery plants. There are several in Connecticut. Um, the where, where our trash goes is Bridgeport and the wheelabrator plant where it gets burned. Um, and converted so, to energy, right? And converted to energy. So there's some positive spin to it. Yeah. That's not the most efficient way to create energy. Um, uh, but you got to do something. And it, better than burying the trash. Yeah, it reduces the trash down to about 20, 25% of its volume. And that the ash still ends up in a landfill. Okay. Um, so there are still landfills being filled up after, after that. Uh, um, our goal is basically to reduce the portion that we're throwing away and burning to a small amount as mm -hmm. possible. And so over the last 10 years, we've added recycling for electronics, for batteries, for light bulbs, for smoke detectors, for mattresses, for textiles. Paint. For paint. Yeah. Uh, uh, and most recently, food scraps. Um, food scraps are- Yeah, talk about that, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, food scraps are probably 25% of our waste stream. Holy, 25%? Yes. Wow, that's so sad. Because it's heavy. It's, it's, oh. it's done by weight, right? right. So it's oh, heavy. Okay. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's getting burned. And and so we've, again, we're a trendsetter, one of the first communities, I think the first communities in Connecticut to have a food scrap recycling program. We model ours off of Scarsdale, New York. Um, so residents with a sticker can go down to the recycling center and dispose of food scraps. And it's, and it's more inclusive than what you might have in your backyard, right? Because you might avoid you know, bones and animal products and skin and oil in your backyard, but you can dump anything organic um, in our food scrap recycling program. And that will uh, go in one of two places. It'll get windrowed and turned into um, compost. Okay. Or it goes into an anaerobic digester, which turns a portion of it into a gas that then is used to uh, operate a generator and spin a turbine and create electricity. Yep. And then again, create uh, compost out of the, the the byproduct so it's about this idea that trash is a resource and we have to find um useful second life for all of it um and through this process um we've saved the town well over a hundred thousand dollars every year through our increased recycling reduction in cost of our household hazardous waste today because getting rid of paint is free now for the town right and that the paint the paint and mattresses are done through what's called a stewardship program so when you go buy a gallon of paint now you pay an extra 50 cents mm -hmm. and that 50 cents sponsors the stewardship program so at the end of life that can and the remaining paint in it can be taken care of properly wow um, i love that our town so forward thinking in this sense <laughs> yes it's and really that's really cool that stewardship process is a state uh, is a state law and as a um, board of finance member, I appreciate the hundred thousand dollars a year yes. savings. Thank you. <laughs> it, 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 That's right. Yeah. Um, well. We we are potentially running towards a cliff with that, unfortunately, because um, a couple of years ago, um, China changed their policy 
on receiving recycling from yes. anywhere, including the United States. Um, so we used to send just about many communities, states, everything would send recycling product to China. Are we talking just plastic? Everything. Well, or a lot of different things, um, plastic included. Um, and they started to perceive a problem because they were receiving waste from effectively around the world. And it wasn't as well sorted as it could have been. And they were ending up with a lot of, a lot of garbage. And they had to manually sort to make it clean, to make it a resource, to make it reusable. And so as China can do, they just decided they weren't going to do that anymore. Um, that if you were going to send them number two plastic, it had to be 99.95% number two plastic. And so our sorting plants just don't have the ability to make it that clean. Um, there's, pro there's municipalities around the country that have canceled the recycling programs because they have nowhere to send the product that they are creating from them. But Darian, um, we're, still, we're still doing... We still actually get paid $7.50 for the single stream recycling that we create. For now. For now. Right. Um, but our contract is up in two years. So what do you say to people? Like how, how do people, how do we continue this? Are we, is this gonna, are we gonna fall off a cliff here? Is it because of our own doing or can we keep continue to do something right here to, to keep our- Yeah, there's gonna be a financial impact when we renegotiate this contract. That's just gonna happen. Um, <laughs> Heads up, uh, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, we're focused again on new ways to reduce the expensive part, which is, is why we're focused on food scraps right now. Um, unfortunately, that program is not running in the black yet on, a, on its own. Um, and we're trying to really increase awareness of it and increase use of it. We're actually applying for maybe, maybe applying for a state grant to try to bring the food scrap program wider. I mean, the, the dream would be that we would have a gray waste program, which is similar to, um, you know, many cities have a gray waste program now, not well, not around here, but... Um, Are you saying gray waste, like the color gray? gray? The color gray. So like you have, your, you have your garbage can, you've got your blue bin for your recycling, and then you got your gray can for your, oh. for your food scraps, and that would just be part of what Pick got up. picked up. Okay. Um, uh, that's... That'd all these cool. things are coming. That'd be amazing. Um, that would just, be great. It's yeah. really just a matter of Because the thought of, of transporting old food in your car to the dump every week is yeah. kind of unappealing. You yeah, know, and there are some people that <laughs> either don't participate in that program because especially in like July and August, it gets really ripe. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and you're, it's in your car and you've got to dump it into another bin that smells great. Yeah. Um, there's but, some people that left the program because of that, but you know, there's still a lot of participation too. Well, to your, your your point about people not participating in that, like a lot of people in town don't even know about the refuge, the yeah. quote unquote dump, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. we got 7,000 households, you said? We have 7,000 households and we sell like something in the 4,000s in terms of permits. Okay. So there's, let's call it 2,500 households that never go. Yeah. That don't, that throw all this stuff in the trash. And mm -hmm. the hauler is just transferring that to the wheel abrader plant where it's getting burned. Right. And... Quite frankly, that's not proper, right? If you have batteries or electronics or smoke detectors or light bulbs, they shouldn't be getting burned, right? right? There's stuff in there that is not well screened by that smokestack and then we don't want it to be burned. So just as a consciousness thing, people should be availing themselves of the opportunities to, to sort things correctly, you know, for environmentally and for the quality of our air. Um, but there is a positive financial impact to the town. The more recycling we do, the less, the less money it costs us. Right. 
Well, and, and to, to um, Dan and Reese, you guys, how many people do you think come through the swap shop that know about I mean, it's definitely kitschy, but like, how many people do you think actually use the swap shop? Oh, it, it, it's very, very, uh, there's a lot of people that come. At See, least, at least Dan, Dan, Dan had to shut it down on Saturdays. Oh. But that's how popular that's it right. is. That's right. You said it, it was too yeah, busy. It's insane. It was, it was insane on Saturday. It's it like was, causing a traffic it, jam, right? Yeah, it was major traffic jams. <laughs> Uh, one of the on a Saturday, the traffic jam would go all the way over to Whole Foods. And that's how bad it was. Uh, that's crazy. The, the hauler would be coming down from the top and uh, couldn't get you know down to the uh, area where he's uh, picking up uh, you know the scrap metal, and so it it, it was real problem. Yeah, people yeah. want wanted to come back, but uh, there, there's no way we can do it because of the logistics of it. Yeah. But uh, to answer your question. Uh, we can get over 150 people a day uh, coming in, coming into the swap shop. Hmm. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like you know when you go there, it's kind of an event, right? I know Saturdays. You, I think you shut down swap shop on Saturday, but Craig, you know when you go to the recycling center, like I go, it's like it's my thing. I pack up my car. I've got like my thing of batteries, my thing of light bulbs, my thing of like goods, and it's like an event, like when you were kids. I have never. <laughs> been to the recycling center on it when i didn't see someone yeah i knew and had a conversation <laughs> on the side right it's just, it is more than just dropping your stuff off it's like the place to be it's like the, it's like the new bar in town you just go there and it, swap trash yeah. instead of drinking it is. it's a great place to see people <laughs> well it, with the funny thing too is you, when you guys say this not the funny thing but like you make it seem so simple and recently you talked about how this started you made it seem like you guys are just sitting around you know um the uh, the sugar bowl and this idea comes to light but for people who are moving to town and hearing this like you this is just not so easily done the stuff that you three have accomplished here and you know the greater group of you guys this is uh, this could be insurmountable right taylor to what, like it is no easy feat to put together this kind of work in a town and you guys make it seem so simple i guess what i'm getting at is like i'm impressed you made it seem so well sim- it it that's yeah, it's not simple at all. Yeah. Back from our backgrounds on many boards and everything, things can get very complicated. But the amazing part of this is everybody bought in. Everybody trusted it was a great idea and did an amazing part and got it to where it is with absolutely no government authority, really. What did you say? What was Dot's quote? Something like, if it makes sense, do it or something like that. (laughs) Dot is a force of nature in every way. And one of my very, very close friends, it's like, you can't just sit around and do nothing. We we can't just have coffee. We have to do something good for for the world. I think inspired Um, by her. She's off the chart. It was never daunting. It was was always like, oh, well, this is the next thing that we're going to do. We'll just... We'll just figure it out like a puzzle and we'll we'll get it done. Dot is fearless. Um, She was actually on the CRRA board at one point regulating the trash burning. For the state. Yeah, Yeah. she she fought the Army Corps uh, dredging in Maine uh, where they build battleships. She's just just been an incredible, incredible person. And Susan Cameron as well. I mean, everybody. But it was like nobody said no. I I would actually, you know, I I would empower people to say that if it is a good idea and if it does make sense, don't wait for someone else to do it. Don't just sit back and wait for your government to figure out that it's a good idea and, and do it. Like, get involved and see if you can get it done. Um, we have had administration support the whole time uh, across parties. Uh, well, it's and, a beautiful alignment of incentives between the town and the individuals and like yeah. the environment. Yeah, I mean, there's a it's financial gain. There's a environmental gain. There's a yeah. you know a em- service. I think you said you're filling yeah. an emotional need too for people to feel like yeah. they're not just throwing away something that's perfectly well, usable. People get very 
connected to their things and, yeah. and especially things they might have had a long time or had memories with they don't want to throw them away or not know where they're going um so the swap shop does feel an emotional need it allows yeah. you to separate yourself from that there's also yeah. uh, i think a, a give and take when you go to government and ask them for things uh, they're also going to ask what are you going to do and uh you know Very good when, point. When, when we uh went to the powers to be they said well dan uh, yeah, that's a great idea, but uh, we, uh, somebody's going to have to manage it and somebody's going to have to clean it. Yeah. Uh, Dan so. is at the swap shop every day <laughs> as a volunteer managing a, 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 a group of six or seven other volunteers. I, I got a major promotion. Inter, 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 <laughs> yeah, inter, promoted. Interfacing with people that. Highlight of your career. You know, complain about things, interfacing with people that are people who are happy about things. Right. And, I think that's where we've put our money where our mouth is. We well, all of us and all of the people around the swap shop. Have as a retired corporate executive, I've had a lot of uh, uh, what, I, what I could say is experience in dealing with those type of problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say, this, easy is, for this is a good step up from you than, than from being like a little teenager kid and digging through the piles of trash as a kid, right? Well, that's, that's, right. That's, that's, right. Know, that's the other thing. I, you know, when, we, when we were talking about it at the, uh, at the Sugar Bowl, I said, well, you know, we were growing up in, in Darien. We could go to the dump and um, just run up to the piles of trash and pick. Yeah, so it was, it was, so I, I love comic books, and I had all kinds of comic books. Uh, uh, and did uh, you found a you, Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, Dan. No, yeah. no, no. Tell us what you found. Oh, and, and one day I looked down, and I, I found a picture of Elvis Presley. I mean, and it... it it's it's worth a lot of money. Like a sign, be, because it's signed and it says, uh, uh, "Don't be cruel, Elvis." <laughs> no. Do you still have it? Yeah, still have it. Oh, that's fantastic. I still have it. I love it. <laughs> so cool. That's I, really. I funny. love the. I love the image. It's it's you know, the image of a boy climbing over a, a, tra a trash heap and finding <laughs> treasures. Right. Like, totally. <laughs> somehow it's like when you think about it, you know, it's nostalgic and romantic. Um, but, you know, you also say, okay, I guess that's why government regulation does have to exist. Well, <laughs> yeah, well ins insurance came along and uh, the town stopped it because of insurance. Yeah. But <laughs> I could see why. We were running up these piles of trash. Uh, you know, it, Too funny. But now there's the swap shop. It really is funny. But, I mean, it, it just it concludes, like, beautiful, like, you know, why Taylor and I, again, we say this every time, why we started this podcast and what yeah. it means to us and what, it, what we're trying to do for the town. Yeah, I mean, the synergies of volunteerism and, you know, conservation and, I mean, everything yeah. you guys have done to bring, you know, the public and private markets together and do something good for not only the community, but, you know, our natural surroundings. That's really great. Well, I have another great story. Uh, uh, a fellow came in about uh, four years ago with a beautiful table. I mean, not a scratch on it. It was gorgeous. And I said, why are you throwing this out? He said, well, I'm downsizing and uh, I don't need it anymore. He said, but I got it from the swap shop uh, three years ago. <laughs> oh, oh my and, gosh. And now I, I'm giving it to someone else. And that is cool. And it's really cool that, to see stuff like that, that it comes back. Yeah. It really, toys come back. People will come yeah. and Aww. pick up toys and have their you know, children play with it. They'll bring it back yep. I've for done someone that. else. I've done that You've myself. Done that? Uh -huh. I yeah. picked up a, a little green golf cart car, got it like two years ago, used it, loved it, and now it's back there and it was gone. It was it's gone. gone. <laughs> I checked later in the day, it was gone. Made me happy. So it works. It yeah. really works. So Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 1. 8.30 to 1. 30. And it's best to come in the morning? Come in the morning. Yeah. Will yeah. you guys give that us gives the, more time to have someone 
source it. Yes. Right? Yeah, we'd love to come in the morning, morning so we have more time to get rid of it. Uh, people come in and, and take it. You know, near the end of the day, it's tough. If, it, if it's really uh, uh, something that's, you know, uh, can, can be uh, refurbished, we'll keep it. Um, but uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a very small building, and uh, at the end of every day, there's a front-end loader that goes down there and takes the stuff that can't be repurposed and can't be stored and puts it in the, the hopper. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Okay, tell us this as we kind of wrap up here. Now the holidays are, are here on us. What are things that you guys are hearing are in need, the swap shop? If people have, what should they keep in mind when they're going to the dump and talk about from the swap shop point of view and the overall recycling center, Craig? You're, you're that side. Like. Uh, toys. Yeah, uh, and and by the way, uh, your workers come in, uh, you know, that are uh, working uh, for the companies in town, and uh, since they're in and they're dumping stuff, they come to the swap shop, and uh, they take toys for their families and um, a lot of uh, really anything, uh, tools uh, yeah. that they need. Uh, you know, uh, they, they, they like a lot of tools. You uh, mentioned um, t- like plates or tableware at one point? Table, yeah, tableware, glasses, uh, plates, uh, clothing. Sometimes people put out clothing and, um, you know, the workers will come and, and, and take the clothing for their, for their children. It, 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 it's really nice to see, especially the you workers coming in. You're um, a lot of stuff going up to us. Sh- yeah, my mother-in-law um, is always looking for things for a shelter in New Haven, and uh, she needed glassware, and I mentioned it to Dan, and he, he was able to put things aside. So if if, yeah. if somebody has a need, you mm-hmm. could let one of the volunteers know, hey, I'm looking for plates, or, or that somebody needs a coffee table. Yeah. And uh, Dan or one of the other volunteers could call and say, hey, there's something here, and put it aside, or oh, have them idea. come pick it up. So the, the network, maybe that would be something going forward. Like Facebook has with the the, the marketplace that the free um, things oh, yeah. on Craigslist. Yeah. I don't know how we do that, but there 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 could be a next step oh. in making it more efficient to find a recipient for something that's dropped off. Maybe there's a, a volunteer need. listening that could help you with that. Yep. Yeah. Well, and how do people contact you? You know, if that's the case, if I'm sitting here and I've got a charity for out of my church that we're trying to collect for, how do I communicate with? You guys uh, as well. Yeah, talk to me, and uh, we we can we'll put you know we'll put it aside. We'll put the items aside. The email you, Danny. Oh yeah, I for, for, to post for anybody, your email. Yeah, anybody that needs anything and they're, they're looking for it, uh, as soon as it comes in, we could put it you know aside for them because we have to the, get rid of it. I know the scouts have started doing a little bit of that. They've during the pandemic had to tr- transition from their huge in person tag oh, sale sure. on yep. West Ave. They're now doing an online tag sale. Um, and so occasionally they'll come down. It works both ways. They'll have stuff that they weren't able to sell. They'll bring down to the yeah. swap shop. And while they're there, they'll say, oh, we think we might be able to sell that. And they'll yeah. grab it. And when students go to college and they, they need furniture, uh, this is a big one uh, to furnish their uh, rooms. Or uh, uh, I'll give you an example. My uh, grandson is at Boston College. And he needed furniture. And... Uh, I, I got some old IKEA. You know, I had a table that the the legs were falling apart. I, I got four screws and screwed it in. He loved it, right? And, Fantastic. And it works. And uh, once he leaves BC, uh, it'll be there for someone else. So uh, yeah, a lot of the students come for furniture. Yeah. Which is nice. At that. The last thing I'll say about again, just the broader goals. And reducing waste is, again, promote the food scrap program. We're in holiday cooking time. Yeah. So 
take the carcasses down there, <laughs> throw them in. Um, and I would also be remiss if I didn't give a gigantic shout out to Carolyn Bain, who really these food scrap program exists entirely out of her passion to create it. Um, she was the one that spearheaded it. She was the one that got it done and Very she's cool. still trying to push its growth. That's awesome. Well, ahead of the holidays, this is great. Thank you for coming in and sharing all this with us. And I hope it, you know, helps people figure out what they're going to do to make room for anything new they're buying. And, um, I know. And I got to see a picture of uh, Reese's chickens. I got to see these guys better be beauties. <laughs> it's pretty obscene. It's a post, well, we, posted beam chicken coop. It's post- <laughs> out of control. I, I like well, the basement. And, uh, yeah. Can't wait till I see it again. Well, we also, <laughs> we also thank the two of you for giving us a forum. Of for, course. Uh, uh, for talking about the swap shop and recycling committee and what we all do. Because most people just don't probably understand, you know, what's taking place here in town. Yeah, I think it's, as you said, the goal of your podcast right is you got to take it out of headlines and 140 character tweets and yeah and have a conversation about it life is messy a a thing that is free run by volunteers is messy uh it's not perfect um but it does a lot of good in its imperfection maybe messy but so much more efficient than what we were doing before you guys did this so thank you that's awesome yeah you guys are a pleasure have a good holidays. Hope to see you guys soon. Thank you both. You're both. Much. We'll see you at the swap shop. <laughs> <laughs> see you at the if you need anything, let me know. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.